Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with theater's biggest names. This episode continues the Beetlejuice takeover for the month of September with Carrie Butler, who is currently starring as Barbara Maitland in Beetlejuice on Broadway. She gave me a great conversation and uh, just super humble, super nice. She's got just Broadway credits out the wazoo, TV credits out the wazoo, but what's really interesting to me is that she she does comedy very, very well, which usually if someone does comedy well, then that's kind of all they do. But she's also incredibly good and gets cast all the time as in dramatic roles as well. And um, we got into a nice little bit uh, about Beetlejuice here because Beetlejuice is a comedic show, but her character of Barbara is not really a comedic role. It's It's... It's not dramatic either, but it you know it's kind of like skirting that line. So the conversation she had with me about um, finding the character of Barbara, along with you know director Alex Timbers, was just was just absolutely fascinating. So before we get into this episode, I'd like to do what I normally do and ask humbly for your support to help keep the lights on and help keep transcriptions coming. If you're interested in any of the reward levels on Patreon, just head on over to ttp.fm/patreon to check them out. For as little as two dollars a month, you can help continue the podcast. It's because of your support that I've gotten as far as I have. So thank you very, very much. Again, that's ttp.fm slash Patreon. Now, everybody, please enjoy this episode with Carrie Butler. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. So, do you want marketing made simple? Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze all your online marketing campaigns. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com income now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com income. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here you go. One, two, three. This Tony-nominated actress made her Broadway debut in 1993 in Blood Brothers before starring in shows such as Beauty and the Beast, Les Mis, Hairspray, Little Shop, Xanadu, Rock of Ages, Catch Me If You Can, Disaster, and Mean Girls. She has numerous on-screen credits such as 30 Rock, Cupid, The Mindy Project, Blue Bloods, and Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life. Now starring as Barbara Maitland in Beetlejuice on Broadway, Carrie Butler, welcome to the theater podcast. Thank you for having me. Did I cover it all? Is that... (laughs) That's a lot. I have been doing it since I was four, so... You missed some things, but I won't hold it to you. Well, that was what that was what I was reading, that you started... Actually, Wikipedia says you were in commercials at three. Possibly. I don't really remember, so... I don't know who put that on there, but they may be correct. You're, I have to say, though, for, for people listening, go check out her Wikipedia page. It's one of the most chronologically perfect and well-organized Wikipedia pages that I've wow, ever read about somebody. Wow. Like someone put together an outline I of your life. I have no idea who did it. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've never even gone on it, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then she left this show, and then there was a soft Broadway thing. And then after that, It's funny, that, and I think over, fans yeah. sometimes go on and like rewrite things. Yeah, well, anybody can edit yeah. Wikipedia. It's so crazy. So, but whoever did yours has is a good writer in general. Nice. So, anyway, um, so commercials at age three. Obviously, you said you don't remember it. Did you? Did you want to do that, or did your mom put you in that? Well, what everyone in my family, cousins, and my, me and my sister, our family put us into commercials to raise money for college. Hmm. So uh, the story is, my cousin Jay um, got cast as the kid in Jaws. And my aunt was like, no, we can't stay in water all the time. <laughs> um, and so I did commercials and my sister didn't want to do them. So my mom was kind of forcing her to do it. Oh, really? Um, yeah. But she did like print ads and stuff. And I I booked a lot of commercials. But then she wanted us to just do it during that time. So at five, I retired to have a normal childhood. But that was your, was that your choice or your mom's that choice? That was my mom's choice. And right. so I loved doing it. And so then I begged her. Um, after I saw Annie, I begged her to let me start doing it again. And so she let me go for the open call for Annie when I was nine. I made it to the final callbacks. So, so you did. had four years or is it four yeah, or five? Since four I was and three, half, that's so, the yeah. only time I haven't been acting. <laughs> wow. Okay. So then, uh, so then in, you said nine, you got Annie. Well, and, I didn't get it. I just well, auditioned. Oh. Oh yeah. No, I did not oh. get it. <laughs> I made it to the final callbacks and, um, my husband went to the same grammar school with me, and he remembers Sister Mary Arlene getting on the PA saying, everyone, please pray for Carrie Butler as she has her final callback for Annie today. <laughs> and my husband's like, I didn't pray. And I was like, that's why I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I auditioned for that. I didn't get it. then, But then she let me start going on auditions mm-hmm. through backstage. So then I auditioned for um, this cabaret called Young Stars. I don't know if you ever heard of it. No. Seth Rudetsky was in it. Sarah Jessica Parker was in it. All these kids were in Broadway shows. And you basically, it was like a nightclub singing and you got paid in ice cream sundaes. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sounds like a perfect gig for a little kid. Yeah. And Seth and I always joke because um, 
all the kids had their shows. So, you know, they were like, Peter Pan, Annie, and me and Seth were like, Haynes. <laughs> we were the only ones who weren't actually on Broadway. But I loved it. I loved that experience. And so I felt, even though I didn't get Annie, I was so grateful that I got something. And I felt like that was like saying, okay, you know, you're good enough to be in this. What was the commercial you got when you were three? Can we can we find it? Um, yes, actually. Someone found it. A fan found it and sent it to me. Um, it was for Fab. Really? The detergent? Yes, yes. and they yeah. knew that I did a fan commercial. They kind of figured out what year it would be, and they found the one that I was on. <laughs> I think I posted it on my Instagram page. Wow. Okay, well, if send it to me, and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, 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 the singing, because you were singing at an early age, were you, were you just acting when you were a kid kid, or like going into Annie? You, you said you made it to the final callback, so obviously you can carry a tune. Were you taking, oh, yeah. no, were you I, taking voice lessons? I wasn't taking voice lessons, but I could definitely sing. I was already... You know, like in school, they would ask me to get up in front of the class and mm-hmm. sing. I wasn't a good performer necessarily. I would sing like staring at the floor, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I definitely, you know, opened my mouth and I had this big voice that was just given to me. Um, and I didn't take any voice lessons until my college. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that yeah. I kind of learned how to um, have a head voice. You know, I never yeah. had a head voice before, but I always could belt. And so I, I, and then after that, after college, I learned how to belt correctly because it was a problem. <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> well, that's actually that's a, a big thing now. Like uh, Casey Levy, I mentioned this a couple of times. Yes. Like she's now trying to bring that to the the forefront. Did you did you hammer it or anything? Or, I didn't. Or I, and I actually meant to write back to her about this. Um, no. So my first show that I did out of school was Oklahoma, and I played Ado Annie, mm-hmm. and. Um, Throughout the run, my voice started getting raspier and raspier. And then towards the end, like, I literally couldn't say no. It would be like, I can't. And, like, air would just come out. So, I, and we were on a European tour. So, I went to a doctor in Italy, and they're speaking Italian. I don't know what they're saying, but they're basically saying I have to leave the tour. Oh. And so, then I went to a doctor in the United States that said I was going to have to have an operation because I had no it's on my vocal cords. And You're what, 1920, you said? I was, yeah, I was probably like 20 or 21. And so I went to um, a second opinion and they said, you don't have to have an operation if you go on vocal rest for a month. And um, so I did that. And this was before cell phones. So I would go out to bars with my friends with a chalkboard and just write things. (laughs) And I had like a code on my cell phone, press one for yes, two beeps for no. Uh, But I did it. I didn't speak for a month. And then I started studying with Liz Kaplan, who, you know, everybody studies with. And she really taught me how to belt correctly. And I, knock on wood, haven't had a problem since then. That's incredible. Yeah, that's that's something I think that everybody needs to to really focus on, especially if they want to be... I guess following in your footsteps, for lack of anything else, like you see these alphabets and you see like mm-hmm. the roles you're doing, and you see these major stars who are belting their ass off eight times a week, and that that is work to get there, right? Yes, like yes, you, you to don't get just there. you don't just yes, wake up eight and times like, a week, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't just wake up and you say, "Well, I can do this as long as I want." Right. Also, I think what got me into trouble was um, my speaking voice. I think I was screaming a lot and not supported. So I don't know actually whether it was the singing or the speaking voice. Oh, interesting. So then, yeah. So your singing could have been fine, but then like going out, hanging out, speaking. No, 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 not that singing on stage, oh, like just yelling oh, oh, oh. on stage. Like I now doing Beetlejuice, I'm so careful of my screams because that's how you really hurt your voice. 
Well, speaking of screams, you said, <laughs> I was reading, not reading, I was on your Instagram stories the other day. You were saying that uh, you hurt your back. Your back's been hurting. Yes, yes. My whole body, actually. <laughs> your whole body, based on screaming, because you're such a good actress. Well, you know, that's just what the acupuncturist told me. <laughs> so I'm not going to argue. <laughs> they, so I've been having all these problems. And, but you know, this happens doing a show eight times a week. You're doing the same thing. And usually it manifests in some way in your body. Um, so the right side of my body has been in a lot of pain. Like I'll have trouble going to sleep. I'm with a physical therapist trying to figure out what I'm doing in the show that's bothering it. And then last night we fall through the floor, spoiler alert, and, but it's on the commercial. So I can say it. We fall through the floor to our death and, um, the cart, the rug fell on top of us. That's not supposed to happen. And just, you know, just having it, that's not going to hurt me, but just having something falling, you know, normally you flinch or whatever. So I twisted and my, my back spasmed and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I just threw out my back. And, in the uh, middle of a show. In the middle of the show. Uh, so anyway, I put ice on it, you know, took, you know, pain relievers, blah, blah, blah. Today I went to an acupuncturist um, and it was amazing. He he's all into like Chinese herbs and reflexology. He didn't even touch my back. All the needles were in the front of my body. And he so he said, um, it's your psoas, and you know that's where you keep your emotions. And it is from because you're such a good actress in the show, eight times a week, you're putting your body in trauma and getting scared. So you are contracting your psoas, and that is where all your pain is coming from. Your psoas is right side of your body. Yeah. Above your hip? Kind of is near that? your liver, yeah. And he put this really big needle into my psoas, and it was like throbbing for 20 minutes, and I feel so much better today. They're crazy, right? I, I have, <laughs> I have furrowed, furrowed eyebrow right now, but that sounds so as cool. Oh, and wait, so this is, <laughs> this is what made me positive that he was right about the emotional aspect of it, because the last, I remembered now, the last time I threw my back out in a show, was when I did this really dramatic play at Playwrights Horizons called The Call. It was all about adoption, and I adopted my daughters. And so it was very personal, hysterically crying every night. And I threw out my back moving plates in a scene. And I had such back problems. And again, it was from the emotional content of the scenes. Wow. Not from something physical I was doing. Wow. Crazy. That's actually some really good advice. <laughs> and See, so today he was like, you need to meditate after the show. Get rid of all of that tension in your body. But it, yeah. And I went up to Rob, who's my scene partner. I was like, interesting that you don't have any body <laughs> problems. Just saying. <laughs> Maybe you need to like step it up a little in the acting mm -hmm. department. So you need your psoas to hurt. You hear that? Everybody listening. <laughs> if you hurt your psoas, you're doing a great job. <laughs> How do you spell S-O-A-S? I don't know. How you I was wondering the same thing. I didn't put it in my story oh, well. because I was worried I would misspell it. <laughs> well, so Beetlejuice, um, we can, that's a natural, I guess, progression in there. So Beetlejuice uh, opened this year, uh, incredible show. And now it was in development for a while. When did you get involved? Uh, I was in the first, first reading. Really? So yeah, it was a couple years ago. years ago, ago. yeah. 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 yeah, and they came. So they came to you. So was it Alex who picked you out? You worked with Alex before. Alex? I, I, I did work with Alex before, but I'm not sure if that was the first time. I think Beetlejuice was the first time, and then I also did. He did. He was thinking of doing a revival of Bat Boy, which I did. Yes, and he had me as the mom in that because I played Shelley. 
off-Broadway, but that's not going to go. But one of those, I think, I think I did Beetlejuice before I did that, but both of them were only reading. So I'd Mm -hmm. never done a show with him before. But I've been a big fan, and I had been secreting working with him. Right. You see, oh, are you, do you do the intentions? You put I don't. I, no. I just I just know that that's what it is. And so I was, <laughs> I'm making up my own version of the secret. Like, okay. I would just tell everybody I really want to work with Alex Timbers. <laughs> so you mentioned Bat Boy, and I actually want to back, back up to that because uh, it, it ran March, sec- March 21st, 2001 through December 2nd, 2001. Uh-huh. And 9-11 happened... Yes. Almost in the middle of that. Yeah. And it was going really well. Yes. But yeah. then I think I was it reading. It was really becoming cult following. Yeah. I mean, people were coming. It was crazy. And then September 11 happened. We were right across the street from the memorial in Union Square. And nobody wanted to go down there. It was it was really hard. I mean, I didn't want to go down there. And it was really, really hard to do a comedy right after that. But then we started inviting um, firefighters and rescue workers. And that was really, really nice. And they loved it. They needed they needed a laugh. Um, but yeah, we never recuperated after that. Really? So you think it would have lasted longer if 9-11 I do. had? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Well, then... Every single week we were building more and more. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. I, I listened to the soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, the soundtrack was was great. I remember that time of and my life. And it got rave yeah. reviews in the yeah. Times. Yeah. So, okay. Back to Beetlejuice. Um, yeah, so... You you have a lot of comedy in your resume, mm-hmm. but you also have a lot of drama too. But um, you seem to me to be more. Uh, or, okay, let me rephrase. Do you find it easier to fall into comedy roles versus dramatic roles? First off, um, I not necessarily, but um, I think that it is harder to get comedic roles, and so if you can do it, then so you know, it will be easier for me to get, that's where I'll get cast because it's harder to find people who, Mm -hmm. women who can be really funny sometimes. That's what I've heard. (laughs) Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Right. Um, so the, the, I guess what I, was, what I was getting at here was that, that Beetlejuice is a comedy in which Barbara Maitland is not, she's not a, a funny character. She has funny moments, mm-hmm. but it's like Beetlejuice is is the funny. Right, right. And it, is it hard for you to to fall into like this kind of middle ground of being a sort of serious character inside a comedy and not trying to like goof it up or making it too big? Well, it's interesting. Um, I, when we did it, the out-of-town tryout, I wasn't trying to goof it up or anything, but I thought that Lydia was the most realistic character surrounded by kind of larger-than-life characters and um, 
I sort of, I kind of thought all of us were that. And so I played her a little bit heightened in DC, um, almost like a fifties housewife, you know, from, from those, um, TV sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and people really responded to, um, the Maitlands, but I, then I just realized that, um, we were the, we were the audience's eyes. It wasn't what I had thought. And so we had to, um, take the audience's hand and kind of be like, listen, we're all on the same page. We see this guy is crazy. Don't, you know, we do not agree with this behavior. <laughs> you know? And, um, so then the more grounded, so then I, I, I realized I, and I talked to Alex Timbers about it and we just tried it, which is always scary because, you know, you have jokes that land and work and then you're like, oh, well, what if I try it a completely different way? He was very supportive and then he liked it better. And so then he started, um, just giving me notes and telling me when I needed to rein it in and stuff like that. And I trust him, you know, completely. So it's great. Oh, so, okay. So you came to him with the concept and then he, yeah. He, and then he started looking for what you wanted. Yeah. When I was talking with him too, he, he, he said very clearly that it, that it's about letting the actors do their craft and, and just coming back in and, you know, he echoed exactly what you just said. It was, oh, it's funny. Yeah. That, that he wants, he wants you to bring what you're going to bring and then he'll just kind of mold that a little bit, yes. but it's not up to that. It's not up to the director to like tell you exactly what to do. Yes. And so in, in terms of finding your, your character, finding your, your intentions, is that, is that something you work with, with others on? Or do you go into like a dark closet with a flashlight and you're like, all right, you come, I'm coming out in a week and I know who Barbara Maitland is. Um, I, I usually just have conversations with the director. I do, um, my own backstory. Um, and no, I feel like that's just something between me and the director mainly. Sometimes I'll go to coaching, Mm -hmm. um, just to help me, um, deepen the character, not necessarily even like work so much on lines or how I'm going to do it, but just to have another set of eyes to, to think about things differently. Um, but yeah, usually for most of my my roles, it's usually just a conversation and them guiding me like, oh, I like the way you're going here or, you know, pull away from that, go this way. In Xanadu, um, you know, I played like three different characters, I think. And, oh, this happened to Mean Girls too. In Xanadu, uh, I was having a really hard time finding um, the goddess part, like Chris Ashley um, kept... In- kept trying to get me to be more goddess-like, and it was much easier for me to, to be the valley girl, silly girl. And so anyway, that was um, something that I had to keep coming in and trying new things, you know? And then, like, the same thing happened in Mean Girls, where one of my characters, um, the mother of um, of Erica's character, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking her name, the lead character in Mean Girls? Regina? No, 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 not Regina. Um I'm blanking too. Let's see. Uh, okay, well, Erica Henningsen's character, that her mom, um, and I was playing her too, like, granola-y kind of, new age kind of, and then they were like, you know what, I think that she's much um, darker and deeper, and so then I had to come in. So that's kind of mm-hmm. how, how it works. I just, yeah, I try and think of things on my own and then just bring them in, try them out. Well, what's interesting about that, I think, too, is is when you're coming, especially, in, I guess, in a workshop and when you're in development, you're coming in with something brand new. Do you warn your other castmates? You're like, I'm going to be a little more goddess-like today or I'm going to be a little more hippie today. Or do you just kind of let it roll and let them react authentically? 
Um, I mean, they should I think be it anyway. Yeah, I think it depends on the situation. Um, yeah, I might just say, oh, by the way, I got a note on this, so I'm going to try some new stuff today. Yeah. You see what sticks. Yeah. 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 yeah it's kind it, of like you're auditioning for the writers and the director. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That that makes a lot of sense. So then taking it back to Beetlejuice, Alex Brightman, I feel like he would be trying something new every other minute. He does. Yeah. So how do you keep up with that? Or how do you I respond mean, well, to that? That's I mean, the more spontaneous we can respond, the better, because we're doing what we are the audience's eyes. Mm-hmm. So it keeps it, it keeps us on our toes and <laughs> keeps it real. <laughs> Does he ever make you break on stage? Very close to it. He has, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even realize it when he does, but me and Rob, we cover it well. But sometimes we can't even look at each other. When we have lines with each other, we're just looking at the floor. Because <laughs> if we look at the other person and see a little smile, then it will get us. And both of us have the same work ethic, so we actually hate that. And so if one of us, it will only be for a split second, then we'll be like, you are not laughing right now. (laughs) (laughs) So do you get get, uh, always frustrated with Jimmy Fallon when he would break on SNL? Or is that part of his shtick? Yeah, that's his thing. thing. (laughs) It's not Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Jimmy Fallon. I guess you're just, your SOAS won't hurt enough. (laughs) Your SOAS didn't hurt, yeah. Your SOAS doesn't hurt, (laughs) Jimmy. You got to get a little bit on it. Um, So in this show, it's also, you've worked with William Ivy Long, and of course, we mentioned Alex's. Six times, right, right, right. Because yeah, he's got seventy-five oh Broadway credits. Yes, it's it's actually like you ever play the game when you were a kid, the six degrees of Kevin yes. Bacon. Yeah, it's like six degrees of William Ivy Long. That would be like one second, right? Yeah, it's like who's <laughs> It'd been be dressed? boring game. <laughs> okay, stand up if you have not been dressed by William Ivy Long. Um, yeah, so William. Both Alex's, and you mentioned Rob McClure, and now like even Sophia, this kid who got plucked out of obscurity and is is doing great, and yourself included, are just like you hit like the castmate jackpot. Yeah, everyone is show. perfect for their roles for sure. And in does does the 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 way you gel with this cast is it is it special? Is it different compared to previous casts, or is like each cast kind of its own family that lives and breathes in its own way? Yeah, I think each cast uh, is its own thing. And you do become a family with every single cast you're a part of. It was funny because I was doing Mean Girls and Beetlejuice at the same time. I was doing the workshop of Beetlejuice during the day. And actually, two times it happened where one time I was doing the workshop of Beetlejuice during the day and then doing Mean Girls at night. And then one time I was doing rehearsing. No, I don't remember what it is. <laughs> but I, I, there were two times when I was doing like workshops at the same time. And, um, oh, I know. I know what it was. I was rehearsing the the workshop of Beetlejuice and going into Mean Girls, rehearsing going into Mean Girls at the same time. So they both like worked out the schedule so that I could do both. Wow. And so I'm on two different group chats and the Mean Girls group chat is like, oh my gosh, you were amazing today. And they're like, I'm Gretchening. I'm, 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 I, I don't know if I can do this. And everyone's like, yes, you can do it. Yes, you can do it. And the Beetlejuice um, message was like sending pictures of dead dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and curses, and so I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm in two different worlds." <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. What did they do? Everybody's in a group chat now. What What did Cass do before texting, before cell phones, <laughs> and group chats? Yeah, and some people don't. Alex Alex Brightman does not like group chats. He was like, really? "I am off of this." <laughs> really? Yeah, he doesn't. 
I maybe he doesn't like getting a lot of messages or something. I maybe, know. maybe. I don't know. I think, yeah. They do become crazy. You do, you, we, especially like with Mean Girls, a ton of people, we had to like turn it down a little. I mean, like, you know, put it on mute a little bit sometimes. How many people? Is it the entire cast and yes. crew? No, just that. The cast? Pretty much just the cast, but that's like 40 people. Right. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that's a lot of people. I, I'm on a group chat with my family, four Aww. people, and I, <laughs> I mute it sometimes. Um, so the, the, the stage door feedback for Beetlejuice. Leslie Kritzer actually told me that it was interesting to her. She's, you know, she's found the older generation that saw the original movie, mm-hmm. and, and so they come because they love the story, they love that, but now there's a new generation of, they're not even millennials, what are they now? I don't know, they, the young kids these days right, right. who are finding this for the first time or hearing the soundtrack for the first time and then getting introduced to the story, and they both love it for completely different reasons. Yeah, yeah, I think the kids love it even more. They're very obsessed. Um, Although it's interesting because I think that a lot of them did know Beetlejuice before, you know, like maybe their parents or it's like a retro thing because my kids knew Beetlejuice Mm -hmm. already. And so a lot of kids identify with the darkness of it. Art, did she she tell you about our fan art wall? Mm -mm. Oh my gosh, we get so much fan art, and which I love because I love kids being creative. We had it originally like just on the steps walking up to the dressing rooms. Now it is... Three flights up, seriously, all on both sides, fan art from all over the world and wow. all different characters. When we fan art of our Instagram stories, fan art of the the little puppet thing Rob and I do, <laughs> it's crazy. Instagram stories that blows my mind. Yes, and I'm I'm sure a lot of it is actually really good. Yes, it is. How do they? How do they send it? I've always wondered. Like, if someone, if I want to send you a picture, they, do I they send it to the theater? Yeah, they send it to the stage door with our name or stage management's name. Is it? Is it screened? Like, does someone open it and like no. this isn't a, a picture you shouldn't see or whatever it is? No. No. Do you, do you ever have you ever been sent something? You're like, oh, I wish I hadn't opened that. Not. I haven't. Knock on wood. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry, I just jinxed it. You know. Yeah. No, that's incredible. I I I love the fan. I love how passionate Broadway fans are specifically. Yeah, theater fans are, are passionate. But like Broadway, you get like it's like fans. Hyster- <sighs> I get girls hysterically crying at the stage door. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> well, you're kind of a big deal. Yeah, I don't, yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> don't roll your eyes it's at just that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you've been around you've been around and you've made an impression on people a lot of people have and this these are stories that i mean you've been part of stories that have changed people's lives yeah and it allows them to express themselves and and find ways to feel in ways they maybe didn't know they could yes and you're you're that vessel right if you want to put it that way right true yes for people who felt ostracized now they have a voice mm-hmm. yeah totally um do you mind if we talk about your kids for a minute? Sure. Because you married, um, you, you've been on uh, Sesame Street. He was on Sesame Street. He was yes. he was a writer, a songwriter on Sesame Street. He right? was um, a writer, puppeteer, and director. He did everything. Oh, there for twenty five years. But you were on Sesame Street a while, I was, back, a long time ago. Yes. And is that how you met? No, we went to grammar school together. And in high school, we I was Kim. He was Hugo. And bye bye, Birdie. We went to, I went to the girls' school. He went to the boys' school. So we were friends all along. And then after college, we started dating. That's cute. Mm-hmm. And now you said you have two adopted children, right? Yes. 
And where are they from? Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Why did you decide to adopt? Well, I always thought we would make great parents. Um, and I thought because we had great parents, I thought we should give that to somebody who didn't have it. And so it was kind of like a calling for me. I've, I've always um, been called to help like foster kids and just that's something I'm passionate about. And so, you know, you should find the things you're passionate about and do it. <laughs> yeah. Was it, was it hard? I mean, some people yes. have like horrible adoption stories. It wasn't horrible by any means, but it definitely is hard. It definitely is stressful. Um, it's scary, uh, you know, going all the way across the world and you don't know what you're going to meet and, you know, whether you, you just, all, the only thing you're going on is a picture of this child. You don't know, you haven't seen video, you don't know anything and a medical record. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when we first, when we met my first daughter, we were so tired because it was, you know, like an 18 hour flight. We hadn't slept. And, but we said, oh no, we want to go right. We don't want to go to a hotel. We want to go right and meet her. And she looked at us and, you know, we were probably the first white people she'd ever seen. She looked at us and burst out crying. Didn't stop crying the entire time we oh. were there really. And we were, we were kind of like, oh my gosh, what did we do? And then, uh, then they said, why don't you go back to your hotel, sleep, and then tomorrow we'll bring her over to you. And then the next day, um, she came to us. She was much, um, she wasn't crying. And by that night, we have a video of her hysterically laughing, crawling for the first time in between the two of us. Oh. So she bonded in one day. Oh, so she was about like eight or nine months at that she, point? No, well, she, they didn't have her crawl just because she was like in an orphanage. So they just oh, held her. She oh. should have been crawling already, but she was 11 months. Wow, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that is amazing. And then the second time, I assume you got to your hotel and slept. <laughs> well, the second time I was doing the best man and I had in my contract that, because you never know when you're going to get the call to adopt. Right, right. So I had in my contract that I have to go to Ethiopia to get my daughter. And then they were like, yes, you can. The only time you can't is, you know, during this window of opening night. Of course, that's when we get the call. So I couldn't go. And my husband went without me. And he was so nervous bringing her home on the plane that he didn't eat anything so that he wouldn't have to go to the bathroom. Oh. And then I was like, but honey, you could have fainted. Like, <laughs> that wasn't exactly that smart. <laughs> he didn't eat or drink anything for, you know, like 24 hours. Oh. I go like four hours and I get yeah, lightheaded. But he's yeah. a good dad. <laughs> and so they were they were young. Um, I I have such respect as I'm a parent of I've got a three year old and a four four and a half year old. Oh, and yeah, two little boys. They're such a pain in the ass. I love them. <laughs> love them to death. And they keep me up at night. They wake me up early in the morning. Like they're kids, right? They're baby. They were babies and whatnot. But to be able to have to do eight shows a week, basically like run a marathon every week and still be a dad, that seems un, unhuman to me, inhuman. Well, our girls kind of came to us trained already <laughs> because you, I feel like in the orphanage, nobody's going to be waking up with them in the middle of the night. So they were good sleepers. But um, I mean, yeah, it's hard. It's definitely hard. Yeah. Do you still, how old are they now? Uh, now my older daughter's 14. And my little one is eight. She just turned eight. Oh, so they, okay. So they're obviously sleeping through the night. No problem now. Yes, this is yes, a recent yes. thing. And my yeah. husband's really nice to me. He gets up with them in the morning. So when I have shows at night, yeah. so I don't have to. 
Yeah. Do you do you find it hard to, like to find time with them when you're when you're doing a regular show? Um, a little bit. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, during the week, during the summer, it's easy because I'm with them all day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm and I, but I am with them. I try and pick them up every day after school. I try if I if I'm doing anything else, I try and like rehearse or anything. I try and book it while they're in school so that I definitely have the time to pick them up and I stay with them until I go home. And so you know, you do what you got to do. One thing that was hard, was hard. My husband, I forgot about this. My husband went to LA to do a TV show right when we were in tech for um, and starting Beetlejuice. And so during that, then, you know, I'm doing tech late at night, then having to wake up with my girls, take them to school. I was definitely starting to lose it then. And just not able to focus, you know, without having like a full night sleep and forgetting lines. And so I started paying my older daughter um, $20 a morning to get her sister ready. So that I <laughs> it gave me like 45 minutes left of sleep and it was totally worth it. I wish I'd done it earlier because that really helped <laughs> that extra oh 45 goodness. minutes. I was listening to, to a talk the other day and, and during daylight savings when we lose the hour, yeah. um, uh, Google searches for like anxiety, depression, and, and mental health problems like go up. They spike really? the day after because that one hour <gasps> difference it, it throws everybody's off. Everybody that off. is so cool, interesting, yeah. and you know, reaffirming that it wasn't. I wasn't just crazy, right? No, forty five minutes. If you, God, I love a good forty five minute nap is, is <laughs> great, especially like on the weekend when the kids are doing something else. Yeah, um, but we skipped over that you were you grew up in or you were born in Brooklyn. You grew up in yes. Brooklyn, right? Yes. And um, I've got like I was watching your your reel, and you you do accents pretty easily. Oh yeah, my Brooklyn accent. Yeah did you did you normally have a Brooklyn accent that you dropped? Or? Yes, I I had a very strong Brooklyn accent. Like there's I don't know tape out there of me being like, "Come here, Sandy," you know, like playing Annie as a kid in community theater. Um, but so I because I wanted to be an actress, and I also was kind of I didn't really fit in in Brooklyn. I always felt like uh, I didn't belong there. Um, so I kind of made up my own accent by watching Beverly Hills 90210 probably. <laughs> <laughs> and I, when I went to college, you know, you take diction classes and they were like, you have the strangest accent I have ever heard. And it was because I took different things from different TV shows and just made it up. Wow. <laughs> do, you, do you remember what your accent was? Um... I think it, it's kind of like how I'm speaking now, but maybe my twos. I don't know. I don't really remember. I just know I had to do a lot of dialect lessons. You, you do a good Boston accent too. No, I'm uh, no, I'm not good at Boston. My dad is from Boston, but I, that's hard. Pack the. Well, you did it. You did it on. T- no, that film? was Brooklyn. Oh, was it? Yeah, he you, had a Boston on Cupid. Yeah, yeah. He had a Boston accent, and I was from Brooklyn. Oh. Or New Jersey, something like that. Oh, I I'm from. Well, I live in Brooklyn now, but uh, from North Carolina, so I had to oh. drop. I had to drop my southern accent. Oh yeah, you don't sound like you're from North Carolina at all. No, no, no. No, I didn't have much of one, so it was pretty easy to drop. Um, but you know, you do what you can do. But you've um, you've worked with some amazing people on TV as well. I mean, we talked about you know the theater, uh, but you know, on Thirty Rock, I guess you were Tina Fey twice. Yes. Because with Mean Girls too, um, Mindy Project, and of course Mindy Kaling. Um, Blue Bloods and whatnot. You've been on tons and tons of stuff. Uh, do you still get to audition now with Beetlejuice going on? Do you still go out to film? Um, or are you, I can. you're all theater right now? No, I can audition. Um, I'm very picky just because 
I don't really want to leave. I love doing Beetlejuice. Uh, so it'd have to be something worthwhile. Mm-hmm. But do you, are you still, you still get offers for auditions and you, you just don't take them? Right. I mean, like I'm auditioning for something tomorrow. That's just a TV show for a little bit. Not something I would leave Beetlejuice for. Um, just a TV show. <laughs> but yeah, so occasionally I will, I will. It's a big TV show. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll go on that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. So would that, would you go out of Beetlejuice for that? Or would it be no. like? I mean, maybe I would miss a day or something if, yeah. if that, but I would definitely try not to miss anything. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of, um, I guess it was Sarah Styles. Like she does get shorty and she does billions and she's still in Tootsie. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And they, they, <laughs> maybe I'm getting her in trouble. <laughs> she, yeah, they let her out of her show for you know a couple of days at a time and, and she'll go out and film and come back and whatnot. Oh. So that's like a, a somewhat regular thing. And I don't know now if they're still filming, but I know like she was doing that during and around Tony season. Wow. Oh, good for her. Yeah, yeah. I just got the this business, I mean the whole point of this podcast is to bring like the stories to the listeners, but the stuff that that you have to go through, and I and I I don't remember who said it to me, but equated you know your job to basically um, Olympic athletes. So this is the Olymp oh, the yeah. the Olympics of bro- right. of theater right. is Broadway. Yes, um, doesn't mean it's the end all be all because you can do lots yes, elsewhere for sure. But but if you want to be on Broadway, then you have to like be the, at the top of your game. Right, right, and you have to work hard and you have really to try hard. hard. Yeah. And aside from you know just being talented, you have to kind of be a nice person. Yeah, I mean, because not not nice people do succeed sometimes, but <laughs> it's it's easier if you're nice, yeah, for well, sure. Because stage management will remember you a lot of times. So many times, it's down to two people, and if they know you're a nice person, then they'll be like, "Oh, well, they're easy to work with. Let's go right, with them." Right, and the people that you've worked with before, he's you know everybody on the on stage you've worked with before. It sounds like except for Sophia. Um, because she's brand new to the scene. <laughs> I was like, except for Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> brand new to the theater scene. Yes. Uh, okay, okay. So, some other miscellaneous stuff I was reading about you. You're a vegetarian. Yes. Of course, you, you talked about being a little bit of activist concerning um, youth mentoring. Um, environmental issues? Yes. What do you What do you get involved with? Um. Let's see. Uh, well... I'm a vegetarian mainly because of that's one of the best ways you can help out the environment. Um, Cow farts, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm just. I'm really trying to use my um, Instagram now for positive, um, good. I always because I was just thinking of this the other day. I always. I didn't ever wanted to be famous. I always wanted to just be a working actor on Broadway. But those kind of moments when I did want to be famous, I only wanted to be famous to um, use it to help to, to spread good. You know, that was why I wanted it because I was like, well, when I'm famous, I'll be able to make the world a better place, you know, which isn't true. And you have to make the world a better place, you know, anytime in your life. But now I'm seeing, you know, I do have some influence. Um, and so I just, I'm starting to do stuff. I'm reaching out to like brands on who's, um, make things that are eco-friendly and um, I'm trying to like promote stuff like that and talk about that. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Um, and uh, solo albums. How many do you have? You, oh, I, I only know, have one. Did the one. Faith, Faith Trust and Pixie Dust? Yes. Um, I, I found it very interesting that you recorded one of the songs with a fan, right? Didn't you, you had a contest? <gasps> oh, I did. No, they got to name 
something. I think it was so long ago, but the, the fan. I thought that I would. Did they get to come sit in on the reporting? Yeah. Maybe you're right. (laughs) I'm always doing contests like that, though. Like, yeah, I I love doing fun things with fans. Yeah, that's uh, really... I think maybe you're right. Maybe I invited them into the recording studio if they won. There was something about coming to see you. Okay, yes. And I thought, the way it was worded, it made it sound like you were actually sang with them on the album. I didn't sing with anyone, no. Oh, Maybe okay. they were allowed to come. I think Broadway World was the one who started the contest. Yeah. Care of me. Yeah. And then outside of acting, whenever you have time, it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like you have much. You also teach master classes? Yes. But yeah, I, I've taken a break now that I'm in Beetlejuice and my kids are in school. I may start up again soon. Um, I like doing it. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> and especially with the show, a lot of times they want you to do it on the weekends and I can't do that on the weekends. Yeah. So do you do you see yourself teaching? Like if you weren't, if it'll lull in your career, you want to take a hiatus or something, would you For teach? Sure. Yes. I, I, and I still do that. I do, I'll do Skype lessons. I'll, you know, rent a studio here and teach people sometimes. But mm-hmm. I but the, I go through times when I take a break just because I, it's, I get burnt out. So now I'm in a break. <laughs> oh, burnt out from master classes. Burnt out just from doing too much. Burnt oh, right, out from right. being in, in a show, doing all the press for a new show and being a mom. It's like I can't take on something else. That's, yeah, that's. But I really like it. Like, I act like a mentor to my students, you know, and I I ask them to tell me about their auditions and, you know, tell them, I give them other teachers, recommend other teachers. So I do like it. Do you you mentor your own daughters? Do they, are they into performing? Are they just like, that's mom and dad's thing? (laughs) My older one is not into it at all. And uh, she wants to take singing lessons from someone else. And I'm like, absolutely not. (laughs) 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 I'm not paying someone else to teach you how to sing. Um, Dance, yes, but not sing. Um, And my little one wants to do it. And my little one will let me give her singing lessons and things like that. So, wow. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's kind of like sort of a, a, my biggest hope and fear that my kids want to get into I know. Into well, it's, it's funny because my daughter is, is just going into high school now. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at different high schools. And, you know, the, the High School of Performing Arts is like a really, really good school. And I was like, I can just, I can coach you on a monologue. I feel like you'll definitely get in. And she was like, but then I would have to act when I'm there. <laughs> so I'm like the opposite parent, like trying to beg your kids to go into arts when they're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll they'll find their own. Well, yeah. So if you hadn't, if you hadn't found this, what do you think you would be doing? Uh, I would be a social worker or um, a pre kindergarten teacher. Oh. Yeah, you like children. Yes. You do like that. Okay, so um, we'll wrap up here because you have another show to do. Oh, yeah. And there's three standard closing questions I ask everybody to end these episodes. So the first one is very simply, what motivates you? Oh, uh, love, I guess. Is that an okay answer? Four? Like, I, I, well, what, it depends on what motivates me. Like, what I love what I do, so that motivates me to do theater. And... I love my family, so that motivates me to do, you know, take care of them and and do everything. And I, I just want to spread love. So that motivates me to be nice and be kind to everyone at the stage door and things like that. All right. Um, next question is, what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? Um, laugh at yourself. Don't take yourself so seriously. If people make fun of you, find a way to make fun of yourself first. So then, because then that. You know, I was bullied a lot. So, Were you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Over what? You know, who knows? You're just that kid. Did you ever see uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse? No. Oh, okay. So that was a big movie about bullying. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's my life, where they all chanted a name and stuff. Yeah. 
So, but you know, if I didn't get so upset by it, then it wouldn't have it would have had the same effect. Like, yeah, yeah, but it's hard. Back. You can't I for mean, sure. As, it's as hard. As a kid, you can't know that. I know. I know. My parents didn't talk. I was bullied too. You my were. Pa- and my parents didn't talk to me about oh, it. No one talked to me about it. No, yeah. they didn't go to the school or any, and it was bad. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, parents talk to your kids. Come on. <laughs> um, and then the last question is: If you could only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, oh what would gosh. you see? Oh my gosh, that's so hard. One show, I can't. I can't choose. Um, it would have to be something with music that you could listen to over and over again. I don't know. The first thing that's pop. Well, no, I don't know. I don't know. The first thing I'm popping in my head is Wicked. <laughs> and just because I could listen to that music over and over again. All right. Well, we can find you online on Twitter at Carrie Butler NYC, on Instagram at Carrie Butler One, the number one. And then your website is CarrieButler.net. You can get more of me at thetheaterpodcast.com. Show your support by going to theaterpodcast.com slash Patreon. You can get me online on Instagram and Twitter theater underscore podcast. Please leave a rating, leave a review. Everything helps. This is produced by Jillian Hockman, edited by Matthew Hendershot. Thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and outro music and Carrie Butler. Big thanks to you for coming on the podcast. This has been great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Take a deep breath, make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.